Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Don't Blame Me. Pew, 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 pew. Pew. I only need one shot. (laughs) She's a one hit wonder. (laughs) Welcome to Don't Blame Me, the wonderful podcast hosted by these those girls are like so pretty and fun and cool and smart yeah they're pretty i great. love them obsessed with them would have full-size posters printed out of them like they're just i would stalk them but ethically only when mm-hmm. they're doing public appearances and i know that and they know that other people are there it would be funny if like someone had like full-size cardboard cutouts of each of us because then you could like really see the height like difference and then you could make <laughs> verizon bars if you like fit in within our heights yeah. Ah. Welcome to Don't Play Me, Word Advice Podcast, where we give life-changing, wonderful, amazing, perfect, fantastic advice because what we lack in credentials, we make up for in opinions. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't said that in a long time. I know. I realize we haven't said that forever. My name is Megan. Who are you? My name's Melissa Diamond Watt. The diamond of all the diamonds. Sparkle, sparkle. What's like a sound effect you can do for like sparkling? You know? Kind of like chimes. Oh, yeah. But you can't do it with your mouth unless you're a beatboxer. (laughs) Probably. There's probably one in this thing. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. No, there isn't. We've got clapping, cheering, drum joke, drum roll, (laughs) and then some transitions. I don't know what they are. I can't stop looking at my own video. I told Melissa this offline, but if you're watching the Patreon, you'll you'll see the example. But people over the last, like, three days keep DMing me and telling me that I look like Rue from Euphoria. And I just can't unsee it. (laughs) I would rather... If someone said that, I would rather go with MJ from Spider-Man. Because she's got her hair natural in that, right? Yeah, but she doesn't have the dark circles and We're, the puffy see, eyes. And that's why I said I'd rather go with that. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm not delusional. I don't look like Zendaya. But like, if you're gonna... It's the vibe that people are seeing. I don't... I think that they think it's the vibe, but in reality, they're subconsciously recognizing that it's my face and I'm just, like, tired. I know. That's what I'm saying. She's coming off drugs, so she looks tired and strung out. So that's not cool. But I think they think they're complimenting... I think they're saying, like, it's the vibe. And I'm like, it's Mm -mm. not the vibe. But I would just rather you just tell me that I look tired. (laughs) I would rather you DM me and be like, you look tired. Or do you not open up your response responses and just keep it to yourself yeah no that is an ideal world but like (laughs) i don't think we're living in that world and like if you feel the need to like look at me when i am struggling and tell me that i (laughs) look like you're coming off drugs yeah instead of putting the zendaya filter on it just tell me i look tired because we both know i look nothing like zendaya (laughs) and there's nothing worse than like someone telling you look you look bad and then also just throwing in zendaya in there it's like, you look bad. You who doesn't look bad? Zendaya. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay. But you do look it. like her in that show where she is a strung out <laughs> high schooler. That makes it what you're saying is they look young. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. Exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. I had an endo flare this morning last night and brutal. So stress induced, I think. I also had some corn. <laughs> So maybe that was like a component of it, but I haven't mm-hmm. had an endo flare like this bad since being on birth control. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking for any tips or advice. I'm just giving a disclaimer for why I look like Rue from Euphoria and why my eyes are so bloodshot and tired if you were watching the video. I don't think you need to give anybody an explanation. No, I just want to complain. Okay. And it is the American dream. <laughs> So amount of people who like talk about free speech and I'm like bitching about something they're like, well, aren't you glad you live in a place that like has free speech? And I was like, I don't think you've ever read <laughs> what that's in reference to. Because <laughs> me complaining about anything. Okay, for sure. Well, what's new uh, with you? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to share. Have you watched anything this weekend? No. Wait, did I? No, I just caught up the latest episode of We Crashed. I didn't really watch anything else. How many episodes are there? I think this was episode eight, maybe, and there's one left. Hmm. We need to watch that. 
I enjoy it. They're both <laughs> really good in these parts. I've heard. Mm-hmm. Which is simultaneously a compliment <laughs> and also and sketchy. Anne Hathaway talks like this because that's how the woman actually talks. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch it. <laughs> she does like she does such a good job. The thing is, her and this woman look nothing alike, but she nails mm. the voice. Hey, if you can't have it all. Yeah, I feel like acting wise, like they nailed it, but physically they look nothing alike. They've got the same color air. Did you see the um what was happening on Twitter with the Viola Davis, Michelle Obama oh show. Oh my gosh. It's I I I will never speak ill on Viola Davis, but no, oh my me gosh. neither. <laughs> Did you see so there's a billboard for that show on the way to Trader Joe's closest to me? Mm-hmm. And it is like when I saw the billboard, I was like, holy shit. She looks so much like Michelle yeah, in, in saw, all of the promotional. That's exactly what I thought when I saw I, the picture a long time ago. Because when they cast it, at first I was like, this doesn't make same. sense. And then I saw the picture and I was like, great. Also, I didn't realize they're like the same age. Michelle Obama just feels a lot younger to me, but they're the same age. Um, I actually think weird. Michelle is older than Viola. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I just want to know, did they Photoshop that picture? No, because she they in the in the show she does the like she's posing for it. So like she sits down and poses for it and she nails that that face. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was I will never speak ill, but I just mm-hmm. want to say sometimes beautiful tweets and beautiful commentary mm-hmm. come out of difficult situations. It just because I was, I actually was going to sit down and watch that this weekend. Me but then I too. saw that. I was like, I don't know if I can't. Then I, then I was like, maybe it's just, you know, they made a compilation. It happens like once every episode. And then they showed one scene. And I was like. I think they did everybody dirty here. And I'm blaming everybody except I blame the director. Because she can see what her face looks like. No, and you it. needed to have helped. Mm-hmm. It's Viola Davis. And like. I think it makes everyone else look bad and then she will never be at fault. You know why she, for me, she was at, I went to like an Oscars or something award she after party. She could have been in either one, so. I know. <laughs> um, and uh, there was like a dance circle mm-hmm. and we were all like dancing and like Reese Witherspoon's there and then Viola Davis was like in the middle, just like getting down. And but I was she like, danced in like Annalise. Yeah. And I was like, I <laughs> love this one. <laughs> that is like, I don't think that like the world regard. I feel like the like I don't think the world regards Annalise Keating for like she's like a cultural icon. Like <laughs> I don't know if it's just like my for you page knows that I love Annalise Keating, but like she, I just think that like she is a reference that we should be making every day. <laughs> did you see since you said she's showing up on your for for you page? Did you see recently someone posted a clip? from like it was like I think it might have been like the last time Annalise and Nate slept together and he was talking about basically how he he was about to blow her back out and she was looking at him like scared but like excited about it and then someone was like that's why she walks the way that she does (laughs) out of pocket but correct (laughs) but correct dude he my nipples are hard just thinking 
about him and his character. <laughs> I want to know what they did for the breakdown of that. Like, we are searching for the hottest man alive <laughs> to just seduce and be hot. Like, mm-hmm. how hot can you be mm-hmm. constantly the voice, without being cringy? Yeah, the voice. And, and he's like, of the characters on that show, he's the, a good one. So, yeah. That's a yeah. great show. Mm-hmm. I, uh Anyone, if you haven't watched it yet, How to Get Away with Murder, Moss was obsessed with it. He, like, constantly, for fun, will always just do his Annalise walk. And he's like, watch, I'm going to do my Annalise walk. <laughs> I gotta see it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, you should ask him to do it. He will perform. He's all about performing. Well, I guess uh, I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but we bought a house. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. So I uploaded a YouTube video, a vlog about it. I don't know when I'm going to be uploading another video. Maybe by the time that this is up. Maybe when I come over and help, I'll capture some footage. There you go. You can use stuff from our live stream, maybe. Uh Uh-huh. I just start just putting GoPros in like the corner of mm-hmm. rooms. I'll, bring, and shit. I'll find mine. It's some. I think it's in my closet. And I'll charge. I haven't used it in years. I think the last uh, yeah. time I used it was at Audrey's like first birthday party, and she's eight. Oh. So um, wow. But yeah, yeah I'll set work. one up for you. <laughs> but yeah, we bought a house. Um, we're so fucking excited. We're also so stressed because. From the time that we like officially closed, we had a little over two weeks to move. (laughs) So that's been my priority. So if you've noticed that we have not been as active on posting on the Instagram or me personally, or if you see every single one of my Instagram stories is me unshowered, no makeup, glasses on, hectically being like, do I need this scarf? Like, you know, I was going to say, what's the difference? It's the do I need the scarf is the difference. It's from doing normal. the scarf. Okay. Yeah. I was like, everything My you chaotic energy is the same. <laughs> constant, chaotic, unshowered energy. I, do, I For a while, I was debating changing my, uh, tic, uh, my Twitter bio to um, unshowered white woman. Because, like, I am the stereotype. And, like, I, I just think that, like, people need to stop running away from it. Because we we we're, nobody was wrong about us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, moving eventually, not eventually, moving before the end of April, and yeah, I'm so excited to like not complain about um, the housing market and like not. I mean, I will still complain about the housing market on behalf of people who aren't able to get into it, but about our personal struggles getting a house. So now we're moving on to the era of complaining about packing, and then we will graduate to the era of complaining about having the house, <laughs> the thing that we, as we do in the cycles mm-hmm. for all of that and the, the difficulties that are going to come through that. But I'm excited. I can't wait for you to see it. You still haven't seen it. No. But yeah, can't wait for it to be done. <laughs> The move to be done. Moving is hard. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad that you moved recently because it reminded me. So like it's been in the back of my mind while we were hunting for a house that I was like, Megan, moving sucks. You just watched Melissa move. You didn't mm-hmm. help, but you watched her move. Mm-hmm. And like that was hard. Yeah, it was. Make sure you get all your stuff before the cleaners come so they don't throw things away. <laughs> Do 
do you know that that has been playing on your text message of you sending me a text message of being like my cleaners through all this shit away. that's why i was like let me go through your kitchen stuff because i do have i bought pots and pans but then there's just like those other like Random small shit. things that you just don't think about unless until you need it mm-hmm. and then yeah like that text message that you sent me has been playing on a loop in my head as I'm packing. That I'm like, <laughs> if you don't pack this, the movers will throw it away and mm-hmm. then you will not have it. Yeah, the like, cleaners. Yeah, the movers. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. So, yeah. This is Don't Play Me, where we give advice. You call us, you leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you need our, us to give you advice on. So something that's happening in your life, relationships, friendship, family, drama, scandal, all of the above. Send us uh, a voicemail or again, a voice memo. It's got to be under three minutes or you'll be cut off and let us know your pronouns, your ages, all the relevant information. Got to be H and over, have your parents' permission. But we do ask that you write down everything, practice, time yourself out, see if you're under three minutes, see if there's things you can cut out, see if there's more pertinent and helpful details to include. And then when you record it, just read it. And if you do a wonderful job, you will get a diamond from the diamond herself. Yeah. I'm going to start being more stingy with them. Ooh. Everybody, you you know what that means. You got to break your back. Got to tighten gotta it up. Get it nice and tight. But yeah, the video version's on Patreon if you want to watch. But nobody commented that I look like real. Well, your hair's not as curly right now, so. I'm hiding it. No, oh, I see. We're going to get into the update. Though. I was just about to say <laughs> something really exciting is happening. So <laughs> get your ear holes ready. It might make you pee. So. Yeah. So go pee first. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the update. <laughs> Everyone, our update is. <laughs> it might be our, our newest icon. News Truly, yes. this is like the most unhinged call we've had, I think, ever. And like, I mean, first of all, we appreciate you calling us and giving us an update like so quickly after because like I'm still living in this. Mm-hmm. Like this is still like this takes up such a huge part of my brain every single day. Yeah. And because it's been exactly a week since this came into our lives. And yeah, I've been talking about this to a lot of people that I come in contact with. So thank you for joining us. Um, so drum roll, everybody. This we have in attendance the maid of honor who got peed on. Mm-hmm. Holy, holy shit. I just need you to know that the entire community is up in arms for you. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants to fight this bride for you. Like we are all bamboozled, hoodwinked, shocked, completely taken aback by the situation. So it gets good. Okay, so oh, yeah, God. I'm the maid of honor that was peed on and was probably on the worst bachelorette trip imaginable. So I went on the Instagram. I loved the Instagram post. I was like, here's cackling. I thought it was the greatest thing. <laughs> and I read the comments. So I was like, hey, let me answer a few questions and then I'll give the update. Great so call. The big thing was, why is like, why was I so calm? And I honestly feel like, first of all, I was still in shock. Like, I could not believe that that happened. Also, I was totally gaslit for basically four days and people telling me it was like completely my fault. So I honestly thought that it was me. Also, I meditated the entire plane ride to calm myself down. Like I listened to the Calm app on the plane because I was so stressed out. 
And it was also three o'clock in the morning. So I feel like I was just like on another level. So that's why I was calm, but I trust you. I am the least calm person. <laughs> so how did we become friends? So I've known the groom since grade seven. We were never friends in school. He started dating the bride like 10 years ago. And her and I ended up working at the same workplace for a couple of years. And we just became close co-workers. Like we were each other's, like we cover each other. So that's how we became friends. Backstory on the groom as well. He is a complete loser. And I don't say that lightly. He's 27. He thinks 18. And he's like Paul Walker from Fast and Furious. Like he's Vince. He is like the be all end all. He's cheated on her so many times. He does like really hard drugs on the weekend. So he is no help in this situation. Oh my God. Um, also, his whole entire family are complete anti-maskers. Like complete anti-vaccine, anti-like everything exist so I didn't even want to go to the wedding to begin with so he is unfortunately and well yeah unfortunately zero help in the situation actually when they got engaged I almost called in and asked you both how to support her without supporting the marriage because I was at a loss like I didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. so basically here comes the update so we didn't talk for like two or three days and then I sent her a long text which looking back at it now was way too nice and I basically was like the trip didn't go as planned and I think it's best if I step down as your maid of honor And she just responded and was like, I need time to process this. So I just didn't answer her text because I was like, I don't know what to say. I did answer her text. Then I I kid you not, like 72 hours later, I get three phone calls from third party people that were either in the bridal party or going to the wedding that the groom and the bride had literally called everybody, called me a bitch, called me a cunt, that I was the worst maid of honor ever. I'm like the worst person ever that I backed out. I left her hanging. I didn't do anything for her. So I tried to do the adult thing once I heard and I called her. I was like, I'm not texting her. I'll call her and just be like, is there a like complete miscommunication here? And she declined my call. And then she texted me and said, basically like I have made, you're giving me major anxiety and I asked you for space. So I just didn't respond. Cause again, I felt guilty. Like I was like, oh my gosh, she did ask me for space. Then she texted me two days ago and she was like, I'm very upset with your decision and I still want you to be a huge part of my day, et cetera. She didn't apologize for anything, but she basically was like, I just like can't do this without you. And I responded to her and I was like, how do you expect me to support you and the groom like individually and together as a couple and like stand up there on your day in like a couple weeks when you just talk shit about me for five days? And I guarantee you, nobody knows that you literally jumped in my bed and urinated all over me while I was sleeping. And I just said to her, I was like, I will no longer be associating with you. And her response was, she's like, well, she called me by my name. She said, this is quotes. I wrote this down from the text. She said, boys will be boys. And her fiance was very upset. And he had every right to talk shit about what he wanted and how he was feeling, that she can't control him. And I stop taking things so seriously as a woman and this wasn't her fault and this was nothing that ever happened on the trip was her fault I hate them <laughs> oh, yeah. going, so then I responded and I would this is my exact text I said I reached out to you privately and respectfully to talk about what happened and this is how you and your fiance decided to act that's fucked up this isn't on me this was never on me this is on the two of you I did not deserve anything that happened on the trip or the last two days. I won't be responding or communicating with you any further. And then she texted me back and was like, oh, I get it. It's just all my fault. You're such an angel, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just like did not respond. I straight up 
called the bridal shop. I refunded my bridesmaid's dress like same day. And like my hands are like clean. Like I am done. Like, queen behavior. Queen holy behavior. Shit. Did she say anything about the peeing? No. She didn't say one thing. <laughs> and everybody that I talked to that was like, oh, they said this and this about you. I was like, did you know that she <laughs> urinated on me? And they were like, what? What, do you, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me because I still don't know what happened. I have no idea what <gasps> happened. I was convinced she took drugs. And then she was yelling at me, accusing her of taking drugs. And nobody, like, nobody knows what happens on the trip other than, like, everyone in the bridal party, like, the groomsmen and, like, the families think I'm just, like, this awful human. I don't know how, like, if I, if this was a movie and, mm-hmm. or maybe if this was, like, my life, like, mm-hmm. there would be a part of me, like, you're being such a huge, like, way big, I mean, being such a huge person, you're being such the bigger person, like, mm-hmm. it's so much, like, I would straight up, like, show up at the wedding yeah. and just be, like, or, like, paint on the walls and be, like, yeah. you peed on me, you, like, fucking yeah. bitch. Like, I would want the whole world to know. Yeah. And so now it's so funny because I probably sound even calm, like talking about it now, but it's because like, I'm such a reactive person. I've really worked hard to like breathe, but Megan, I'm <laughs> on your level. Like if I could go there and slash every tire, break all the windows in their house, steal their dog because they don't take care of it either. I would, <laughs> I straight up would. And I thought about it, but I'm like, you know what? Just breathe it out. Everyone mm-hmm. already thinks you're crazy. The words that they put in my mouth. And I was just like, you nobody has no idea. And so even the groom, I'm like, you're just such a piece. Like I just, I, I'm like, this is why I didn't want to support the marriage to begin with. Cause it was just, I don't know. So I don't know what's going to happen. Their weddings in like a few months, we have a fundraiser and then we have her shower and then yeah, the weddings in like eight weeks. And I'm like, I'm not attending. I'm not communicating. I am like, you're a whole other level of a bridezilla. Do you guys still work together? No, we don't. Oh, don't okay Mm-mm. that's good it'd be Thanks funny if she was in the room like next to you yeah right now. that's why you booked a conference room <laughs> i'll leave the door open so she can hear yeah. oh, um, no shit. thankfully i don't oh what kind of fundraiser are they having so i'm from canada so we have these things called like socials where like you basically go and it's like a big dance and you like drink but they're holding it like outside because of the pandemic and it's just like the bridal party going it's kind of strange but his family wasn't invited again because they're like anti-maskers and anti-vacciners and whatever they call themselves. And so his family luckily wasn't coming, but hers was. And it's just like, you just raise money basically for them, which I am not contributing. I've contributed enough. With that, yeah. do you, so you don't, do you get presents for them on the wedding day? Or this is, yes. in lieu of it? you do both. Yeah, you do wow. both. And but then there's the wedding shower and then there's the bachelorette. So it's a lot. What the fuck? I know. Megan, That's and I'm so like, why did I pay for her? Yeah. Why yeah. did I pay for her? And the Ubers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah the, the fucking Ubers. Ubers. You know what I think you should do that I think, like, maybe this is, like, you are definitely, like, much, much more mature than I am. Like, I know you say that you're, but, like, you, like, I wouldn't be, like, like, you yeah. are what I would aspire to be. So I wonder, and maybe Melissa can check me if this is too much, but, like, it would it be, like, steps back in the progress that you've made to, like, not be, like, reactionary to, like, anonymously send a wedding gift of um adult diapers? Because that's what I would do. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad thought. <laughs> And I would love to her to explain why she got that as a gift. Yep. 
I have no issue with that. I have no issue. I think once somebody releases bodily fluids on you, (laughs) all bets are off. And I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I wish I could go to LA to see them so I could reenact how it went down because it was just, I literally thought I, I, I thought something, someone was coming for me. I was confused. She jumped on the bed. She pulled her pants down. And I was like, who is that? It's like three o'clock in the morning. It was pitch black. I couldn't see nothing. And I was like, hey, like so-and-so. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? And then she like got up from her squat and her pants were on her ankles. And then she like jumped off the bed and started like pulling the sheets off laughing. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I was like, wait, she took the sheets off of you to pee on your, like your body body specifically. Correct. (gasps) What? I thought you were covered during this. This is even worse. Oh my gosh. There's no way she was sleepwalking. And then I was like, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden, like it was all wet. And I was so, I was literally distraught. I thought I was having a dream. I thought I was still in my REM zone. I didn't know what was going on. The girl beside me, I wasn't even like really close with. Like we, like we didn't really vibe before the trip. And me and her were like, "What the actual?" So you have fuck? a witness. Oh yeah, I had a, I had a roommate, a sleepmate. She's not saying anything. Oh, she also backed out of the wedding party. Oh, okay, okay, good. In the update, we <sighs> okay. both backed out of the wedding party because I was like, "This oh is weird." God. And the morning, she just wakes up. She's like, "Good morning." This was wow. so intentional. It was so intentional. Oh my gosh. This is like when my cat, this is so much worse, but this is like my cat made me wake up to then know that he was peeing on me. Like that's 100%. Like this is obviously so much worse. Okay, so I take it back. Don't anonymously send the diapers right on on them and just be like, you know what you like, like, dear blah blah blah. This this is for remember when you peed on me during our ba- during your bachelorette party when you woke me up? Like, this is for that. Like, go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah. And I honestly had the thought of like, do I leave? Like, do I leave? And like like at night one and just like go get my own Airbnb and like leave all these people. But I also thought I'm like, okay, well, what if like I like I have a bladder condition? So I'm like, it's kind of like IBS, but it's bladder wise. And I'm yeah. like, what if I accident? What if I accidentally feed the bed? So I was trying oh. to like be understanding. And I think that took it to a fault where I'm like, no, you physically jumped on me, woke me up, took the sheets off and peed on me. I think I instinct reaction, like, yes, yeah, sure. Not me thinking that I would kick someone, but like, yeah, the way that you're talking about it, like, I don't think any of us would like, it's so obscene and so crazy that like, you're in shock. Like, I think that like, that's one of those things, like when you get a fight in a fight with someone and then like an hour later, like hours later, you like think of all of the things that you should have said, but like, yeah, that's like a shocking situation to be in. But like, I mean, I think in, in theory, I would be like, I would have immediately, le- I don't think, I don't know that at all. Like, I think I probably would have felt the same way. Were you going to be on the same plane ride with them back home? Yeah. Yeah. And funny story. I actually, I left this part part out too. The day that we were leaving, we had like a really late flight and I tried to get on an earlier flight just so I didn't have to like see them the whole last day. Like anybody that was there basically, because I was, it was just too much. And there was like absolute zero flights, like zero flights. And it was even better. I paid for like a new airline and I was like, it's not worth it. But it was just like, I had no choice but to be stuck with them till literally I landed at three o'clock in the morning. And so I also find I'm kind of the person that's like, it's bad. But I'm like, oh yeah, everything's all good. And so I can like get out of the situation and then I can just like ghost everybody and be like, this is fucked up. So I feel like I was like in fight or flight. Like I was in survival mode all weekend being like, it's all good. All good. 
I mean, you're trapped. Like, I, yeah. I completely understand that. Like, you're trapped there. And, like, also when it feels like it's, you obviously had your, like, roommate. But even then, if you're not really getting along with everybody else, it's, like, you versus everyone. So, like, you yeah. are in survival mode of just, like, I just need to get through this shit. And then I'm going to be, like, yeah. fucking done. Because I think about that, like, I'm someone who processes things like and then like when I make my decision like I'm incredibly like decisive about it but like sometimes the situation doesn't lend itself that I can do exactly what I want to do and so I'm like I'm just gonna coast until I can do that and then I'm never gonna speak to you ever again yeah and so it was so funny because I, I was talking to my mom my mom's like you better not attend this thing or this thing or this thing and I was like I'm not and then she was like what are you doing about your dress and I was like oh is it like too react reactionary or whatever you want to call it, like reactive to like send my dress back my mom was like you better call right now you better get a <laughs> refund and so I did and luckily I did because it's like I was like in like a couple window time frame of like mm. having to pay like hundreds and hundreds of dollars for the dress mm-hmm. so wow. I don't know I just like and I know her and I know she's gonna text me in a little bit and be like hey like thanks calm down like how are you but let me just go back to the part where she told me that like boys will be boys and like her fiance had every right to call me that and like to stop taking things too seriously. I'm like, I don't know if like she, well, I know she probably does put up with that, like with him. But I was like, that doesn't mean like I have to put up with your fiance. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Well, question. Did you feel like when she asked you to be the maid of honor, was it kind of like obligation begrudgingly? Like, did you kind of like, obviously none of us could have ever like fucking predicted that like what happened was going to happen. But like, I know you said you didn't support like the marriage or any of that kind of stuff. Did you have like, were you nervous going into the bachelorette party? Like, did it feel like she was like starting to become like a bridezilla and like the same thing with like being the maid of honor? Like, were you nervous about that? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I remember when she asked me, this was like back in January, and I was in actually shock because like she's closer with other women that were okay. in the bridal yeah. party and like I knew that would come on the trip. So I was kind of confused. And then I realized now that she probably just like used me in the sense that like she'll just go along with it. And like I like she'll just be like a pleaser. Like she thought that's what I would be. So I feel like that's why she asked me. Also, before the trip, I could tell that like things were going south because it, First of all, the trip was supposed to be a surprise. And then one of the girls accidentally like forwarded the itinerary to the group chat instead of like the separate group chat. And so I called her. I was like, oh, yeah, hey, now, you know, we're going here. And she was like, oh, like, that's like not where I would have picked. And I just knew it. I was like, oh, no, here we go. And so I knew. And then leading up to that, she's like, well, what's this plan? And what's that plan? And she was like trying to control everything. And I just knew from that point forward, it was like going to be a catastrophe. Like, I just knew as soon as we got there. Oh, that sucks. Like, it's so mm-hmm. it's so horrible when, like, you think something's going to go badly and then it goes worse than you think mm-hmm. it's going to go. <laughs> and you're like, fuck. Yeah. And then I'm just going to throw this in here as, like, another take, take topper. The last day we hired a male stripper because that was one of her, like, must-haves. Fine. <laughs> like, $400. He was, like, soaping himself up. He's all on the ground, like, completely butt naked. And he, like, stood oh on the God. edge of her chair. She was on, like, an Ikea chair. And he stepped off the chair, ate shit, broke his ankle. <gasps> Listen, I think I'm in a movie. This is how it goes. I'm honestly, I'm going to email you after this <laughs> so that I want more details so I can write this. <laughs> Someone, do we need to put this in a TV show? Yeah. I even have a video, okay? And he, I asked him, he's told me you can share the video with people. He wants his name out there. I have a video of him TikTok. falling. 
put it on TikTok. And he was butt ass naked, covered in like Dawn dish soap with like a little IKEA sponge. It was literally the trip from hell. I wish I was being dramatic because I'm a dramatic person, but this is like point blank period fact. So what was his like theme as a stripper? Like in the bathtub? Like Mr. Clean? I don't know. He was a police officer and then he had like a bright red thong on. And then he, when he, and then he took it off and then he was soaping himself. And I was very, I've never heard of soap. I've heard of baby oil, but not soap. (laughs) And he, okay. I have a video. He asked me, he said, Hey, can you text me? He said, can you come in the bathroom? She didn't know he was there. And he goes, I have a bucket. And it's like a little Ikea bucket with a little yellow sponge or green sponge. And he goes, can you bring this out to where I'm performing when I come out? And I'm like, okay, I didn't know what it was for. And he's on the ground. He's all straddled the ground. He's soaping himself, rubbing himself down. And then he fell, broke his ankle, swole up just like a peach. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. It just got I- worse. You survive, like you. You're gonna win the lottery or something. Like I don't I know if Canada so. has a lottery, but like yeah. you, you, you. Like this isn't real. Like no, you went through like through three this. seasons of a fucking sitcom. Like yeah. in your life, like I want my own Netflix documentary, <laughs> and that's it. Because this, this is like, and I have proof of all of this. Like I literally have like videos and like pictures, and like it's the truth. This is a legit true story. It was awful. I wonder if you could reach out to, did you stay at a hotel or like an Airbnb? So we stayed at like a hotel, but we had like a, it's like a separate suite situation. And then the second half we were in like our own private Airbnb. So it was like both just because of the location didn't have any yeah. options. Where did the peeing happen? At the hotel, like in the suite. You should ask if they have footage. They might. They, no, they, they will. Like in the bedroom? <clears throat> Yeah, they they have security cameras. The only place they don't have cameras is most places don't have bathrooms, like cameras in the bathrooms. But like you, you should if it's like a suite, if it's like a big one, like mm-hmm. they tend to have security cameras. Especially because we were in the living room, like on the pullout couch, so we weren't oh, yeah. even like in a bedroom. Yeah, yeah, you should ask. I should put Be- that on TikTok. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> You should like hack their like wet if they do like one of those like wedding slideshows and that yeah, video and then just stitch it. Put it, stitch on. it, stitch it, stitch yes. <laughs> pre- it. No, this is what I'll do. I'll pretend I want to be a part of the day and I'll say I have a very special video for you. Like wedding crashers. You you two can come. Come on. Oh my god, I would die. Come on. It Why would not? be the great, like, oh my God. Oh, wow. My. Whoa. Wow. I'm so sorry you went through this, but like, this Me is too. so fucking funny. Like, it's so yeah. funny. And like, you're going to get all of the great things in life because, like, and I'm so happy that, like, we got the explanation of why you were so calm, which I think it's totally understandable. Yeah. But I'm so happy that that doesn't translate to you being like, you know what? Like, it is what it is. We're going to no. work it out. Like, Nuh-uh. we're still friends. No. Like, I'm so glad. <laughs> No, after honestly, after like the text and like what I heard about like Beyonce, the groom thing and stuff, I was like, I'm so far out of this. If I go there, I look like an idiot and I'm not looking like an idiot. I'm not an idiot. So like just imagine the audacity of like calling you crazy when Mm -hmm. you when like she peed on you. Like I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I don't talk shit about people who like have stuff on me. Like I'm like I'm a bitch, but I'm like a smart bitch. I'm not dumb. Like why? What? What? Pulls the sheets off, squats right down, pants around her ankles. It was literally horrendous. Oh, my like, God. in all aspects. Would you say it was like a full bladder of pee? Yes, because it went through the, like, the, the top sheet, like the fitted sheet, the mattress pad, and like onto the mattress. 
Like it went through the match. I mean, hotel mattress pads are like, I yeah. don't know, yay big, but still went through. Like it was a, it was a puddle. What'd you do after? So she went to the bathroom and then I just like, was, again, was in shock. So I just like, the phone was beside me. So I reached over, hit like, like maid service. And I was like, I need another pair of sheets. And so then all of a sudden I was like in shock and they were like up in minutes because it was three o'clock in the morning. They ain't busy. So they brought the sheets up. I was stripping the bed. I took off the mattress pad. But then I feel awful because it's like, what am I supposed to do with these? They're full of urine. Mm-hmm. So I just left them in, in the hallway. Like I put, wrapped them up so the urine wasn't like. No, yeah, no I don't or... knock you at all. at that. Did they charge you for that? Mm-hmm. If they charged you for that, ask for the footage. They have them yes. then. Yeah, they charged me like for extra because like the other girl that I talked about who and again, I want to clarify also on my my last call. I related to one of the girls that was on the trip. I was having it was like a mental health disorder. And the reason I use those words is because that's the words she uses to describe yeah. um, mm-hmm. what she's going through. And I, I don't know, every time I heard it in the call, I just kind of cringed. And I was like, I feel like that's not right to say. But she was very sick um, on the trip. And so we had to bring her a few pairs of sheets up and the hotel charged me like an extra like $187 for extra sheets to the room. And it was like my card on file, of course. So I was just like, oh my. So I'd straight up made everybody pay me that Good. like that next morning. I was like, I have a charge of $187. We're splitting the seven ways, which I shouldn't have even have split it amongst myself. But I was like, everyone is paying me because this is ridiculous. Yeah, get that footage. Get I should. that footage. I'll email it in. <laughs> well, they definitely have. Well, I also would say they definitely have it because if they're charging you for that, like they're usually mm-hmm. not going to, they, they're probably charged you for like an adult peeing, not like a child or like a, yeah, you know like I mean? a like you're in. Yeah. They probably saw the, the video and it was like, yeah, I could see that. I was just a lot. Well, thank you so much for giving also like the promptest update ever. Like, yeah. thank you. And thank you for renting a conference room, doing this while you're at work. Yeah. Like we, we appreciate this so much. I know that the audience is like, gonna be so yeah ready to hear i don't this. think we've had an update where like our jaw dropped with the update too <laughs> <I know>. yeah <laughs> this gets worse yeah Truly. thank you oh well thank you so much well thank you both i hope uh i hope you guys have a great day and megan i saw on instagram you have an endo flare this morning so i hope you're feeling better thank you it's brutal mm-hmm. apparently stress is just a trigger where i was like Perfect. Great. (laughs) You need some laughter. I'm happy. I hope I could help. Thank you. You truly (laughs) did. Truly, truly did. Well, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Holy shit. Like, Uh, she's, she, she is so lovely. (laughs) She's a fucking saint. I, I don't know what I would do in this situation. Truthfully, I think if I was more therapized and more mature, I would do what she's done. Yeah. Like in like the in the conscious like choices and decisions and stuff. But I think like the in the survival mode thing, I think I probably would have done like the same thing. Because like when things like that are so outlandish and wild, like I think it's natural for us to kind of assume fault and blame because it feels like there's no way this could ha- you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and so you just kind of like get through and then once you decompress and you have time to process it out of that situation you're like holy shit that was so much worse than i even realized i can't believe that she pulled the duvet cover off to pee on her that just that means that it of course because i think in the first call she said she might have been sleepwalking there's no way no way no way 
I can't believe she never addressed the peeing like the bride ever. Wow. 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 I want to send this to BuzzFeed. They need to do, we need a whole no, like for real. BuzzFeed article on this. For like real. the worst bridezilla ever. Yeah. I want to do a, right, like a, a, a fake documentary. Like, um, what was that? Who drew the dick? What was that one? Oh, uh, American Vandal. Yeah. American Vandal. Do that. But like with this. Do it. Yeah. Wow. I hope you all enjoyed this. Like this was one, like there, there happens to be like every, every couple episodes. Every quarter. <laughs> I was going to say, there's like an episode I'm excited for people to hear. And then there are like five episodes. There's like five calls total through the entire time of the show that like I that like keep me up at night that like I can't ever get over. And that like we will constantly talk about. And we ha- we were due for one. Yeah. I mean, I think the have we had a big one since uh, the girl with her fiance that was in the coma? <laughs> I know that one was like. <laughs> I'm trying to think that, like, that one, I think, was... Fake. <laughs> no, I don't okay. know. Maybe. I don't think it's don't fake, know. but... I don't think it's fake because, like, she didn't, like, she just, like, got upset and then stopped listening to the mm-hmm. podcast. You know, if you got on once, you would, like, keep the bit going. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think we've had one like this in so, in, like, yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. And, like, there's, it just brings the community together. Like, it's just... The comment. I like that she started off by answering questions in the comments. (laughs) Let me answer the frequently asked questions, which is great. So, like, I just, wow, wish nothing but, like, the best things for her. And I feel like even if, like, she doesn't do an expose or, like, (laughs) a piece all about them in some, like, news outlet, like... I have so much faith that this couple is going to be make headlines one day mm-hmm. and not for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how you start the marriage. Uh, it's only going to get worse. Even her saying that they're not, his half of the family isn't invited to the fundraiser thing. Is that what, like, people in Canada do? Because they don't, they, like, have, like, taxes that cover their health care and things like that. So then they so can, they like, can do the spend their money on other things. Like, wow. I was like, thought about the like, Aritzia and stuff. I'm like, yeah, is that why you have like high quality clothes? You're not, not so much into the, I guess they're probably into f- fast fashion as well, but like, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> wow. Going to be decompressing from this for the rest of my life. I, I what else is there to say? Truly. <laughs> I guess we'll get into the, the episode. Hello. So I'm 27, she, her, and I've been with my partner, he, him, for seven years. I'm extremely close to his family. His mom is a second mom for me, and his brothers are essentially my brothers. All of it is really wonderful and great. My issue, however, is coming with my one younger brother, my partner's younger brother's girlfriend. So she's 26, she, her, and she's been dating my partner's brother for a little over a year. I'm very close with his brother. I have a good relationship with him, but, you know, it's nothing beyond the brother-sister relationship. However, every time we are together, his girlfriend, she talks over me in conversation. She cuts me off. She insults my interests or just ignores me altogether. It even got to a point at functions when she'd hug everyone hello and goodbye except for me. And it was very obvious that she was doing it and other people were noticing it. My partner's brother ended up speaking to her about this, and she actually very maturely reached out to me and apologized 
saying that it stems from not knowing what to talk to me about at functions and just being jealous about how comfortably I fit in with everyone. I accepted her apology and told her that I really appreciated the maturity and I know that it took a lot for her to reach out to me and that I want to be with her in any function and have a great time with her. So all was fine and good. It seems to be going great, except until this weekend. So we were at a family wedding. We got our makeup done together. We had a lot of fun. It seems like the weekend went wonderfully and we all had a really great time. And I thought we were all in a good place until I noticed that she had cropped me out of the photos that she had posted. So I was told this wasn't intentional and it was because of Instagram restrictions, but I have a hard time believing that just given our history. In any situation, I'd let it go, but it's extremely hard to when she is talking about how much she loves my partner's brother. She refers to him as her brother-in-law, which is great, but, you know, you can't do that and shut me out at the same time because I'm very much a part of the picture as well. We don't need to be best friends, and we don't need to be, like, talking together all the time, but I'm making points to reach out to her. I asked her if she wanted to get our nails done and, you know, spend time together, and she just hasn't shown any interest in that, which is fine. But, like I said, I would at least like some civility, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle this going forward because I am growing tired of the constant ignoring and my resentment just keeps building. So I'm just looking for advice on how to deal with the situation before I lose my shit on her because I don't want to do that, but I'm afraid that's going to happen. So any thoughts you guys have for this, I'd appreciate. Thank you, guys. Bye. Just stop. Stop mm-hmm. trying. Just stop. Like, I completely understand. I don't want to say I understand both perspectives, but, like, I think if her apology was genuine... I would understand that, yeah, like having the girlfriend who is so part of the family, like to be fair, I think that's actually more intimidating than like a biological sister, like having a girlfriend who like is now family and like, yeah, that I could totally understand the jealousy, intimidating and all of that. But I I don't think that that's (laughs) actually what she felt. Like, I think that like that was kind of just an apology that was not sincere because it doesn't match her actions. But I think that like you're looking at this like big picture and like, you know, if they like however long they stay together and like doing all of this stuff, like you are working overtime on this and like you don't have to. Like if she wants to crop you out, like right now it kind of seems like everything she's doing, like hugging everybody except you, it's not like passive aggressive. That's like a I wish there was a t- like an in-between of passive-aggressive and like aggressive, but like that's like a, a dig that not only does she want you to know it's a dig, she wants everyone else to know that it's a dig. The same thing with Instagram. Like that's like a point. She's making a point that you know that she's insulting you and everybody else knows that too. And so like, I think at that point, you don't have to like save face and like bend over backwards to like try and have a relationship with her at at whatever capacity, because like it will look bad on you. Like, I don't think it will at all. I think people have probably seen all of the effort that you have made. And I think if you keep doing this, you will eventually snap. And like at a certain point, like, I think if you show her that you're like completely unaffected by this and like the Instagram thing of all of that, if it's just like whatever, I think if you can treat her 
as if her apology was sincere and like everything she's doing was insincere, like was sincere. And if she keeps cutting you off, just be like, oh, I wasn't done talking, but you probably didn't hear me. Like, and then continue moving on. Like if you can do that, this is my favorite method of like cuntiness, but that kind of Stepford wife, like, no, of course, I don't think you have any ill intentions. Like, but I'm just talking like, blah, blah, blah. If you can pull that kind of aspect of it, where it's just like, you've already done the mature thing. And like now, whatever you can't separate yourself from the situation just like if she interrupts you just be like oh you don't have you don't have to be like I think that's like the way to do it because otherwise I think you're viewing this in a way that like you're so much more emotionally mature than she is and like I just don't think you're gonna get what you want uh you need to lower your expectations for her which sounds fucked but like in doing that when you lower your expectations for people I also think that you should put in less Yeah, 100% you should put in less. She might be one of those people that is like, when somebody is a super try hard, then that makes them pull away. And it seems like you are trying very hard to make her like you. People are either going to like you or not. And I don't know how big your family is, but like, look at your family. Does everyone in your family get along? Do you like everybody in your family? There are going to be people that you don't like life-wise, family-wise. You don't have to, you can be cordial with somebody. You can be in a room so you're not fighting. Everyone's not going to like you. Everybody, you're not going to like everybody else. So just exist, be cordial. If she doesn't want to hug you, don't hug her. I don't want to, I don't want to be hugged by somebody that doesn't want to hug me. I don't want them to fake it. So just chill out, enjoy your time. You can exist in the same space without liking each other. Yeah. And I think that like, you're exactly right. And like the, I think when you're being cordial, you have to be cordial personally, whatever Mm -hmm. she does is on her. You can't make the interaction like a cordial interaction. Only your response can be. So you're, I think you're exactly right in that where it's like, that's the only thing that you can do in these situations. And you mentioned that like, um, like we can't continue like like this can't keep go- like blah 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 it can like yeah, i don't want to say that but i just think you need to pull back like you need to stop trying and also exactly like you said though like she doesn't actually have to like you at mm-hmm. any point and like her her if she doesn't like you ever I would just caution you against feeling like you wield a lot of power in this family of over this situation because like we've had time and time again calls of people who like their sibling is dating someone and they're married and like they're absolutely horrible and all of that like this happens and so I think that like it might you feel and like I'm as you should I'm not contesting that that like you are a part of this family but you don't know that your boyfriend's brother isn't going to say fuck you to the whole family Mm -hmm. because of this girl like you don't know that like or the family like as much like you can complain about her and like you can have like lots of feelings towards her his parents might feel the exact same way but if they get married they're gonna they're gonna deal with it like it's gonna happen and so I think that like this relationship like she could very well for the rest of time just not like you. And like, that's not your responsibility to fix. And also fixing that is not helping. uh, It's an impossible goal. And it's not something that's like helping anyone. Like the relationship is going to work or it's not. And that has nothing to do with your relationship with her. Like Mm -hmm. some people just end up with people that their whole family doesn't like. And it just happens. 
I mean, there's somebody in my extended family that I thought that we would get along because we're kind of like into the same things. I don't like if we were in, well, we would have been in school at the same time. If, if we were at the same school, we wouldn't have been in the same friend group at all. But like, I thought we would be friends and, you know, I've tried, I had tried in the past, like reaching out. And then when she didn't seem reciprocal to it, then I was just like, okay, like I'd moved on. It didn't, it wasn't something that I lost sleep over. Yeah. I think she's like, ultimately like, at fault here like I think she's like very catty and like mean and like Mm -hmm. mean spirited in this whole thing but even if she wasn't like this and you felt like it was just not being reciprocated like on a friendship kind of level I would also tell you to like pull back like Mm -hmm. I don't think that someone needs to be mean to you for you to stop like pouring in lots of effort into a relationship Mm -hmm. like you know and I'm someone who like I'm not I don't know like I'm like I'm very much like a, like a, I'm like, I'm a neurotic person, but I'm like a very kind of like chill person. Like I'm not like, I really don't like when someone I don't know, like feels an obligation to be like, oh, let's go to lunch. And I'm mm-hmm. like, like, let's like, I hate that. Like, I hate it I would so much, much rather like get to know you in like not a situation where I feel like I like am like masking and I have to perform and like really be on. Mm-hmm. I like, I got really close with Mats's like sister-in-law, my future sister-in-law, her and I got like, cause we just like would hang at the mountain house. Like, and I'm not wearing any makeup and I'm in sweatpants and I'm like hanging out and chilling. And I felt like in those months, we always like got along, but like I got along better with everybody because I was like, I can't mask for fucking months at a time. Like mm-hmm. that's super exhausting. And that I, I'm, it's m- much easier to get to know me when I'm not in a position of trying for you to get to know me. I'm also mm-hmm. trying to get to know you. And the issue is, is like, when it comes to like neurodivergency or whatever and masking is like that, you're just, you're, you're not thinking about the other person. Like you're so engulfed with yourself that like, yeah. So I just think that like, you seem like someone who like pours a lot into like everybody. And I'm sure you have like really great, a really great relationship. And I'm sure you have really great relationships with your friends and all of that. And it can be hard when you meet someone who's kind of just like a brick wall to that. Mm -hmm. And then she's using those bricks to like throw at you and you're like, the fuck? So yeah. And it doesn't change who you are as a person. Like, it's just like, this is a relationship that I've, put enough into and like now i'm done mm-hmm. well best of luck next call hi guys i'm 18 she her and this is my first time calling in so i hope it goes well i'm in my senior year of high school and uh three weeks ago i started a part-time job uh, my first part-time job actually i'm i've always wanted to work since i was like 16 but due to covid and stuff i couldn't find a job which is all well and good um, i'm privileged to know that it isn't essential it was just me you know trying to save a bit of money for when I go to university and like have more financial freedom for my parents. So yeah, before me starting work, uh, I feel like I have to say my mental health wasn't great. Um, And I thought that me starting work would be like I would forget about it or something. But it didn't happen. It just made it worse. I'm extremely burned out and just a bit depressed and and stuff and yeah I don't I feel like I don't have time for anything I I miss having free time and stuff which you know I realize I sound very spoiled because a lot of kids my age you know they have to work they don't have another choice 
I also barely go to school now. I feel like I'm up for detention for having a lot of absences. And I decided I want to quit, even though I feel like a big disappointment to my parents because they worked really hard. That's another thing. And yeah, my question would be like, how do I approach the situation? Because they're everybody has been nothing but like kind to me and, and helpful. And I, you know, it's very irresponsible of me to like start working, quit after three weeks. And they have invested, you know, so much time in it to give me these skills for the work. And yeah, I don't know what to say. Like, do I lie and say I have to go to detention, which, you know, I am up for it for a lot of absences, but I'm not yet going. So it would be kind of a lie. Or do I just say I'm burned out? Yeah. What do I do? Thanks in advance for the advice. And yeah, have a good day. Love the accent. Yeah, she sounds just like somebody else that I know. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Do you have thoughts? Yes, I have a lot of thoughts. First of all, seems like you're equating a lot of your kind of worth to how much work that you're putting in. My thoughts of are... As a whole, if you don't have to work, then don't work. Um, I was someone, I was in the same situation as you when I was in high school that I got a job because, I mean, my parents actually didn't want me to work, but I got a job because they, because I wanted some freedom from them. But my parents were always very much of the mindset that if your school is getting in the way, or your work is getting in the way of school, then you need to quit the job. I quit because the person I was working with, it was my boss. She lied about us not getting commissioned anymore. And she took my commissions from everything. Where was this at? Lady Footlocker. Because she is my, she was my. Oh, I remember. Yeah. She was my godmother's niece. And so she's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you can come work with me. And then she just, because she was. Her, the original her scammer. Thoughts, yeah. In her thoughts, she's like, here's this privileged girl. I'm just going to, and I need this job. So I'm going to take her commissions. Yep. That's why the scammed got to start. The scammy mm -hmm. becomes the scammer. Right. It's your that's your origin story. That should be. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you're missing school because of this job. You've missed a lot of school. And so and you said it's been three weeks and you feel like people have been like investing in teaching these people. It's just their job. People just show up. They're going to they have to do work. I guarantee they do not care if you quit or not. Like. No one cares. They're, they'll hire, especially someone that is still like in school. They'll hire the next person. Quit. Free yourself. Free your mental health. Go have fun as long as you can. Go to school. Your education is important. Don't think about anyone else. It's okay to be selfish. And that's the lesson that you, that you should go ahead and learn now, that when it comes to your own health, mental health, that you should be selfish. I agree with all of that. I think you sound like a really empathetic person that you like recognize that other people don't have the privilege to have like the choice to work and all of that. But it also sounds like you're kind of carrying that you're kind of carrying the burden of privilege and feeling like we can't deny our like privilege, like whether whatever kind of privilege that we have. And it's not helpful for us to then go out of our way to like seek out needless suffering because mm -hmm. other people are suffering. The best thing that you can do is to use your privilege in a productive way. Like we should all have privilege. Like we should all be in a position 
where we don't have to work when we're, where we can, I mean, where we don't have to like, personally, I don't think, I think we should all be in a position where we don't have to work to live. I (laughs) agree. And so I think in this instance, it might feel like a selfish act to quit. And it's like, well, how is that using like my privilege for good or anything? But I don't know anybody who's does not have that same privilege who would look at you and be like, I would rather you be depressed, be depressed and like be burnt out to make a point like and no. miss school. Yeah. And like you can recognizing your privilege and I I, don't, I guess like in I don't want to say indulging, but benefiting from those things like that is not inherently bad in this instance, like you benefiting from the fact that like, and recognizing that like, oh, I don't have to have a job right now. And this is for my mental health. It would be a lot better if I quit. You can quit, like you can. And I think that like, when you can get your mental health to a place where you feel like comfortable, then like having a job. And then I don't know, maybe if you're like very interested in like teen mental health stuff, like volunteering some hours, even maybe then if like, you don't want to work, um, and you don't need to work at this point, then maybe in a couple months, if it feels like productive and might even be helpful for you mental health wise to like do some volunteering with some teens dealing with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Like you're only a productive member of like society when you are, your mental health is at a place where it's manageable for you. And then I will also add that you've talked a lot about, um, you said how it would be irresponsible for you to quit. Again, this just feels like like self, like I can, I don't want to say this in a bad, mean way at all, but like, you know how we have like our, like, at least for me, like I view, I have like my rational, like good mental health voice. And then I have my bad one. And like, I can hear your bad one. Your bad one's calling you irresponsible. Like this isn't irresponsible at all. Like prioritizing your mental health is not. And you also said that like, your parents have been like kind, like they've been so kind about all of this and it's not the case for everybody. And like, I, I feel really comfortable saying this cause that's not my personal case, but parent that is their job. Mm-hmm. It's their job to be kind to you. It's the bare minimum. And the same thing when it comes to, like parents who provide parents who can't provide for their kids in like every single facet of like emotional support, financial support, all that, that doesn't make them necessarily bad parents or bad people. But your parents, the goal is to provide for you with absolutely everything that they can and what they want to be able to do. And like, I think personally, that parents owe us kindness as their kids. And we might not get it. But that is something that is owed to us. And not something that you should feel is a great task that they are doing or something that you should feel indebted to. Like that is the absolute, like that's what they're there for. And like, I say this from somebody who's did not have that perspective. You don't need to think about everybody who in these instances, you don't need to think about people who didn't have that and therefore feel like what your parents did was a much greater sacrifice than all Mm -hmm. of these other people. Like, I'm not saying your parents aren't good parents or anything like that. I'm just saying like, this is how all parents should be. And like, you shouldn't be putting this pressure on yourself to uphold yourself to essentially being like the perfect daughter, because you're viewing them as the perfect parents. From what you've said, like, I think perfect parents are parents who meet your needs. Like that's like, and then I also think perfect parents are parents 
who can't meet your needs and meet the needs that they can. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's a wrong way to parent, (laughs) but I don't necessarily think that there's a right way to parent and like a right circumstance that makes good parents. Like money doesn't make good parents. Like religion doesn't make good parents. Community doesn't make good parents. Like there's, there are things that they should all do. And because your parents are doing them, that's what they're supposed to do. And like, I'm, I'm really glad you have that support system. So utilize it and don't lie. I would just be super honest. Like you can even tell them, like play the call, like, and just be like, I feel like I really put a lot of my mental health. I weighed a lot of that in having a job. And I thought that this would be productive for it. And it's actually had the exact opposite effect. And I'm like really miserable and I'm feeling like even more burnt out. And then I think what you do then is then you have a conversation of like, I thought the job was going to help and it didn't. I don't really know what's going to help now. Can we make a plan? Can we together as a family figure something out? I don't know if that's like seeing, if you're already seeing a professional or if that's telling your therapist that you're already seeing or your psychiatrist about all of this. But like, I've done the, I've, I've made incorrect choices of things that I thought would help my mental health and didn't. And like, that's okay. And like, sometimes we don't have to have pride with that. Like sometimes it's okay to start from square one, but I don't think like lying about it or trying to sugarcoat it is going to be helpful for either of you. Cause it just seems like they want to help and they can't help you unless you're honest with them, Mm -hmm. you know, dude, but like the capitalism aspect of it that like, I mean, it always comes back to it, but just like, and this is, I felt the same. I, I still, still deal with this, like the same even now, but like so much of your, like you said, your worth being a t- like tied to your career and your, your productivity, productivity. Mm-hmm. and that you 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 re- we we rest a lot of our mental health on that, and that is a scam. Like it's capitalism it that fucked up. Like it's like we're not going to do mental health resources, but we're going to make you feel like the reason why you are depressed is because it is something that you can fix with capitalism. Mm-hmm. What you said about volunteering, I think that's a good call. So I think if you're volunteering and maybe, maybe, you know, volunteering with other people that like, I think you said that struggle with mental health, um, maybe that's not what that might be too much exposure. Mm -hmm. Find something else. Maybe you like horses or something. I know you hate horses, Megan, but maybe you hate you like, yeah, you like horses and you go to like a horse thing or maybe you like. They, we have the farmer's markets here. They throw out stuff that they don't sell at the end of the farmer's market. They throw most of it out. So I would go around and collect food to give to shelters and stuff that they would just give you for free. So there are other things that you can do that can be fulfilling and help within your mental health without it stressing you out. And again, missing school because of work. That's I think your parents would be more inclined to you and you said you mentioned that they work hard and you want to do the same thing working hard looks different working hard at school is different working hard at volunteer work is different working hard on yourself it's different it's all working hard it doesn't have to be tied to a job yeah so I I agree with all of that and I think as long as you're honest like you were with us the more honest you are with people the better chance you are at them being able to like actually really help you mm-hmm. and fulfill your needs in that. But when we're not honest with ourselves, it's really hard to be honest with other people. And then 
our needs keep not getting met and we end up blaming ourselves when there are Mm -hmm. people around who really want to help, but we need to have those honest conversations so they can help. Yeah. Sending you love. This is, this is, this is really rough. And you and I really, I, obviously I knew this in theory, but we've always talked about with the pandemic about like the ages of people like going through it. And like, I'm realizing like 16 to 18 is such a huge Mm -hmm. life change that you spent in the pandemic and just that would be enough to make me be seeing a therapist because like yeah. it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like growing up in a box, like right. for these like really formidable years of your life. So mm-hmm. quit your job, quit your job. Yeah. I quit jobs three weeks in. Don't worry about it. I quit several jobs. I, I quit had... over the phone at a party, speakerphone, like I... weeks in. I once had a job at Express and I was at an express but like three hours away <laughs> from where i actually because i had gone to a party in college three hours away at another school and oh. then i was in an express and then i was like oh i'm actually supposed to be at work at the express that i work out and i was like hey i'm at express but just not like there so like i quit i guess <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna like steal someone else's time card or like log on. I, I, I could have logged in onto the computer. I thought about it. I thought about it, but then I was like, I don't even want to work this job. Like I don't want it. So You didn't want that discount on those blazers and those skinny suit pants, just not enough for you? I mean, that's what I wore. Oh, that's why I, I got know. a job there. In I've college. seen your pictures. Yes. Like business professional. <laughs> and so that was uh, the time yeah so uh that's why i got the job only for because they didn't pay shit i think it might have been like six dollars an hour so i just wanted the discount and then i was like i'd rather just have fun with my friends which is what the caller said so yeah free time is good yeah okay we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Today's episode is brought to you by... A sponsor we love 310 nutrition 310 nutrition is helping us you our listeners in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences they're adding new products all of the time and i just got my i mean i didn't just get my package i just got a a, a secondary of my package and i as someone who needs electrolytes to function there it's like elixir from the gods I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices 
but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. we're back let's roll the tapes hey megan melissa i have a question on how to tell my old youth pastor that i don't want weekly texts from him anymore so i'm 21 years old i um, go by she her pronouns and i haven't talked to him or his family for about three years now since i like graduated high school I went to FTA in middle school at Fellowship of Christian Athletes and became close with his son, and I liked the community it provided as I've always had a hard time making friends. I continued to go to the youth group he ran at a church in town when I went to high school. Again, I liked the community it provided. All the people who attended were guys who I had major crushes on, and once I was in college, I lost interest in Jesus because I wasn't around these hot guys every week but I don't know how to tell my old youth pastor who kind of became a family friend that I don't want to receive these 
text from him anymore with Monday inspiration and faith building exercises. So any thoughts that you guys have, please let me know. That would be very helpful. I'm also calling on Easter, and so he's been sending individual texts to me instead of group texts. All right. That's all. Thanks so much, guys. Love the podcast. Bye. I have experience with this. Is this a thing? Yes. Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a group at school. Like, it's probably nationwide, I would guess. It's a group that we would, just like any other, like, interest group. Yeah. um, I mean, like, these text messages. Is this, like, a person or is this, like, an automated service that he would have set up? Depends. It could be either the person. If it's an automated service, then just send STOP in all capital letters. But would you know? I would think so. Okay. Yeah. But I did go to a church with someone before where uh, it seemed like it was personal text message, like that anybody that came to the church would get added to this list. And then, and it looked like it was a personal message, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And everyone got the same message. So like that was automated. So Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I get it. I went to everybody. I feel like everybody, like this was probably the biggest club at my school because it would be like all, I was at a 5A school. So that meant that we had big population, very big sports school. Fellowship of Christian Athletes had to meet in the gym because it was, that's how big it was. But I think it was just because everybody just wanted Um, to have a period where they didn't have to, like they went to a club for this. Were they hot though at your school too? I mean, it's athletes. So like, it's a toss up. Some are hot. Most of them are. (laughs) It's true. It is a toss (laughs) up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some people just seem hotter because they're on teams and then you get older and and you're like, they were not hot at all. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in college, I helped set up like a group through my church that I grew mm-hmm. up going to. And I helped set up like a group on campus. And so like I was the quote unquote president of it because I was the one that was the student that got it on campus. But I didn't <laughs> stop going to it. And then I didn't want to <laughs> be like a part of it. Uh, but on paper, I was still very much a part of it because I was the founder of it. <laughs> Were you sending people <laughs> daily motivation? I wasn't sending, but our college ministry, because like, you know, youth ministers, and then we had like a college minister too. And so they were the like people that came on campus and they'd be like, I stopped going completely. So they would like send me messages and stuff. And I'd just be, and I, so I just sent them a, a text message and just like, hey, I really appreciate you sending me this. This is helpful. It wasn't. This is helpful, um, but uh, it's. I'm just trying to keep up with other things in my life right now. So um, can you stop sending me text messages? And then that was the end of it. I think you just tell them. But so my question, mm-hmm. if it's like a, you know, this is like a long, I, I don't want to say like a long distance kind of thing, but like you're 20, the caller's 21 now. You haven't seen the youth pastor in like three years. Mm-hmm. If it's a family friend, okay, multiple questions. If it's a family friend, do you see him often? Is this going to happen? I think whatever you do, like, I would clue your parents in Mm -hmm. on, like, hey, heads up, I'm not going to, I, like, said this. I'm not feeling this anymore. Yeah, but then also, like, (laughs) because, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm, like, trying to find the word, like, I was like, is there a call to action in these text messages? Like, do you, is he seeking a risk? Is there seeking a response or something? Like, is it like. It's probably like a daily devotion type thing or a weekly devotion, which 
I'm guessing you're not familiar with, but it is like they'll send like a Bible verse and then like some action things of how to apply it to your life. And that's probably what it is. Because I guess my question is, if it's and this is kind of why I asked if it was like an automated thing, like if it's something that like is he sends the text message kind of like into the ether, you read it and you do with it whatever you like do. Or is it something that elicits like conversation and like response and like there's a follow up of something you have to do? Because I think like, like he's trying to have Bible study via text. Message. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's like if there's like some response that's kind of like required or expected or if it like pleasantries like you know like you kind of have like there's a conversation that happens alongside it because i would say like if this is someone who like you're never going to like see again and like if, if your parents are like in on that or whatever like you can mute notifications from him and like you can just like you know i forget i think it actually is like you can technically block him but like he could still or no i guess if it's text messages but like you can do something where like you're not seeing them but like he's still sending them or is it something that like you have to have like a conversation with him and like if it if it isn't like an active you're not like an active participant in like a thing and if it's just kind of like inspirational or something like that do you have to say like I don't believe in God anymore because why else would you not want him to text you it you just don't want like it because it's just one more thing that you have to do like I still believe in God but I don't go to church and I don't participate in these type of things that she's talking about like these devotional things and so it can just be like thank you for sending these so a devotional is work that you have to do Mm -hmm. it's like it's on your own that makes way more sense because i thought if it was like inspirational quotes or something like that where it's like which that is essentially part of it but there's like something that you're not expected but like you're not expected to do homework like but it's if you do homework it's for you it's not for someone else yeah. And it's not like an assignment, but essentially like the not expectation, but like you might put your own personal expectation on it that it's not like a like when I see an inspirational quote or something, that's not something that I ever had like an exercise through an organization mm-hmm. where I would do something. So like is the text. So what you're so a devotional is something like if you got the message, it's something mm-hmm. that like could I don't want to say instill because I don't know if you feel not you, but call it like it could instill if you're not currently believing in aligning yourself with this like religion it could trigger like christian guilt or something Mm -hmm. that like okay that that was my question yeah so usually it's it's like it'll be like a bible verse and then like a story and then like how you apply it to your life and something like that Mm, okay yeah Yeah, so it's like a it's very personal on you yeah it's very feels like personal responsibility yeah which if the religion is done right that's all it should be is personal responsibility. But if it's like an automated message that everybody from Fellowship of Christian Athletes that went to it three years ago is getting and you know that it's an automated message, just hit stop and then it will stop the automated message. Can you imagine she just sends stop in all capitals and it's just him. It's just him. That's, you That's how we should, we should end all conversations yeah. as if we're opting out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think as long as you're on, I obviously don't have personal experience with this, but I think in these instances of like communicating boundaries, I think the most important thing is not only communicating the boundary with like the person, but also the mutual connections. And here it mm-hmm. seems like that is like your parents. And so as long as like you are, you don't all necessarily have to, they don't have to have the same or agree with you or have the same belief system if that's what you want to do it. But as long as you like, I think let them know 
then I think you absolve any sort of responsibility for how people feel about you not wanting to participate. Yeah. I'm learning so much. It's gotten kind of religious the last few episodes. Well, I'm like also very curious. I like don't know yeah. anything about and I've like heard of the word devotional mm-hmm. and I always see it on like books and stuff, but I like mm-hmm. didn't know if it was like a like something you fill like prompts that you fill in or be. if it's like yeah. So it's like more of an open-ended concept. Yeah, it, it should always be things that kind of like 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 uh bullet journaling like that. Hmm. If you think of it in that way, but like with yeah. the slant for personal life. Hmm. Yeah, that makes Which, sense. you know, if it's just like growth, great. But like sometimes people take it too far. Yeah. And like a responsibility that doesn't necessarily seem like I'm obviously not religious, but I think like people I know who are spiritual and or religious, like have had like the most, I don't know if enlightenment's the right word, but like felt that usually not in times where they were like, sat down and kind of like assigned or felt like an obligation mm-hmm. same thing with like reading books like yeah. when you read a book exactly in, out of school like yeah i think it means more think of like a self-help book that has prompts in it it's like the same thing okay that makes yeah. sense it's like the exact it's same always thing. in that section to near yeah, that section it's the, the same stuff essentially i think a lot of if you looked at like a devotion and you got a self-help book they're saying <laughs> the same things without having bible verses like it's it would be the same verse that was in the Bible, but they've re-said it, restated it, so it doesn't. It's not biblical. You know how I feel about I know. the Christian to wellness, mm-hmm. like in that pipeline where yeah. it's just repackaged. Yeah, it's religion. Just re-pack- it's the same thing. But sadly, most of the time, it's not the. Um, for most of the time, when it's those white spiritual uh, wellness people, they they start with repackaging the kind of general and like mm-hmm. obvious morality, and then and suddenly then we ratchet up. <laughs> we de- we go into the ooh, yeah. we go into the dark territory. Yeah. Uh, well, best of luck, and you know maybe you just tell him, hey, if there were hot people here, <laughs> <laughs> maybe sorry you need to recruit hotter people. Maybe you need to have these text messages come from hot people texting me them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you're not hot enough for me to care <laughs> about Jesus anymore. <laughs> I'm going to that. Enter Hillsong. Oh, God. That's I'm, what that is. They're That's not what even that is, hot. Though. I know, but the people that go there think they're hot. And it's like, there's that, like, Justin Bieber's youth pastor. But it was like, oh, Carl. my gosh, he's so hot. And it's like. Did you really look at him, though? Like, really look at him? All right. Ready for next one? Yep. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 21 years old, she, her, and I'm a Gemini. To start, my brother just died in December. It was very sudden and out of the blue, and we still have no idea why. I've been struggling a lot with this lately, and my brother's birthday is in September. Well, my two best friends, let's call them Harry and Sally, just got engaged and have decided to get married the day after my brother's birthday. I spoke with my friend Harry about this before the date was officially set because I knew it would be in September, and I warned Harry if it was on my brother's birthday or near it, I may not be able to attend because I don't know what my emotional state will be like around this time since it will be my brother's first birthday that he is not here for. And my parents and I possibly may have plans to do something for my brother. Maybe I will be emotionally okay during this time, and maybe I won't. But I don't want to set expectations for myself on how I could feel around this time. I don't expect or want them to change their wedding date to accommodate me at all. 
Sally is the one who set the date officially, and I'm guessing Harry never told Sally about what I said about the date being around my brother's birthday. But my question is, now that the date has been officially set, should I bring this up again to them both that I don't know if I will attend or not because of my brother's birthday? Should I just not say anything and wait until it gets nearer to my brother's birthday to see how I'm feeling? My concern is they will think I'm being selfish or expect them to move the date when I don't expect anything other than them to just understand my grieving process. I'm afraid this will cause conflict, too, because I think Sally wants me to be a bridesmaid, and I'm unsure what to say if she does ask me. I want to be there for their wedding so badly, but I also want to take the space I need emotionally for the grief of my brother, and I don't know what to do. Please help me, and please be gentle. I'm very sensitive right now. I love y'all's podcast. I've been listening since I was 17. Y'all helped me out with so many things. Love you guys. Thanks. We'd never be mean to you. No, no. There's no reason to be mean. And sorry that you're going through this. Yeah, this is really, really, really hard. And Mm -hmm. it's obviously not the same. But a classmate of mine in high school, a year older than me, he died suddenly. And that was for his parents, like the not knowing kind of thing. Like, I don't think a lot of the time, like a lot of people are really uncomfortable with grief in general, Mm -hmm. but that's a different level of grief that uh, most people who have grieved haven't had that specific aspect of it. And so I think like, yeah, I'm just, I'm so sorry, but I, you, you, I think you're, I think you're doing all of the right, like things and going about this, you know? Mm I was just going to say, so the advice, I, for me, it's just very simple. I don't have much to elaborate on, but I would just tell them like, hey, I'm excited for you guys to get married. I'm just, because of the loss of my brother, I'm not sure what my emo- emotional state will be at the time. So if I emotionally feel like I can attend, then I will attend. But if not, then I won't be able to attend. And I understand if you guys need to, you know, if you have to have a head count beforehand, just don't include me in it. Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. Because I think like, yes, weddings are you I, I totally hear you that you kind of want to play like potentially play it by ear and like see how you feel. First of all, if they think or insinuate that you're being selfish at all, like they are not good, people. not your friends and they are mm-hmm. bad people like mm-hmm. No, like this, I I think it's completely valid for you to also feel like you are kind of like holding out hope that you want to be there and like you don't want to miss out on it. And like you want to feel comfortable and you want to feel like you're in you've got the emotional capacity to capacity to go. And I think that like the the only thing that like you owe your friends is exactly like Melissa said, just like a heads up. And the sooner you do that, the better. And the same thing, like she said, with like head counts. Like I like am so excited for your wedding. I am so happy for you both to be married. I don't know if I'll be at the place where I emotionally can like attend the wedding, but like I want you to know that like that has nothing to do with my thoughts or my views on like your marriage like mm-hmm. i'm really happy for you both it's just i don't know where my mental state is going to be and i know like you need to have a head count for all of that and i i don't want to put the pressure on you or myself day of to feel like i'm going to put myself in a position that i'm not comfortable with and yeah i think you will also feel a weight off your shoulders doing that now because i then 
you can plan if you want to do stuff with your parents around that day. Like you can, you don't have to hold out and wait to see if you feel like you want to go. And I also think maybe this is a hot take. I think weddings are kind of whatever. Like I think that like they can be a wonderful, meaningful moment to the people who are getting married. I think as like friends and family members and people, close people getting married, I think we really view them as these like all important moments in someone's life. That's kind of like a make or break situation. And I think if we could kind of ease up on the expectations of weddings, I I think it would be easier for so many people involved because it's, it's a lot to ask of anyone to go to a wedding, let alone someone who is like dealing with a really like with grieving and is also dealing with like a triggering anniversary, like a date, your brother's birthday that like, you can be some, you can be the greatest friend ever and still not attend like someone's mm-hmm. wedding. You don't have to, it's just a day. It's just yeah. a party. Most people don't remember who's there. Like when, most people that I've talked to when they get married, they're like, it was all about me and my partner. I don't even remember most of the day. Yeah. I, I think like ahead of a wedding, it feels like there's a lot of personal responsibility for everyone in attendance and this like obligation thing. But yeah, at the end of the day, they don't, they don't really remember. And it takes a lot of sacrifice to be there that I don't necessarily think that yields the reward or the payoff a lot of the time. And I think in these instances, spreading yourself thin, I don't think that any, any good friend would want that for you either. Mm -hmm. If you want to send a gift, send a gift, but otherwise take that time for you. Take that time to honor your brother. And if you're up to it, go. And if you can, go, go. But if not, that's your day. Yeah. And again, if they're not cool about it and understanding, like, that's nothing you did. That's mm-hmm. them. That's all on them. Like, that just would make them bad people. Yeah. God, imagine ugh, thinking, like, have, being that that's selfish. Not that, like, you, caller, are thinking, like, I'm not on, on you for thinking that you think that they might think it's selfish. But I really hope that that's not coming from like a personal experience with them. Like, cause I do think also hot, maybe this isn't a hot take, but I think if that's not coming from your own, um, in, I don't want to say insecurity, but your own feeling like you, you're letting people down and it's not something that they've put on themselves. I think if you think that they will say that you are being selfish, they are bad people. And I don't even think you need to owe them that conversation. Yeah. Agree. Sending you so much love. I, I hope you get to honor uh, his birthday in a way that you and your family are feel good about. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little bit of a tonal shift. <laughs> so uh, now we're going to do Don't Blame Them. This is where a listener will call in with their own advice based on a call that we played on a previous episode. So maybe they have personal experience. Maybe they just have something that we didn't say that they thought of, some different insight. Or yeah. Hi, Megan and Melissa. This is take two of this call because Melissa, high key, picked up the first time I rang. It absolutely made my day. And let me just say to everyone listening that her vibe is the exact same off the air. So anyway, I'm 22 and my pronouns are she, her. I'm calling in for a don't blame them for the episode titled Keeping a Secret from Your Boyfriend. I know that you requested for therapists to call in and give their take on the situation 
where the caller had crossed the line with her involvement in the relationship between her husband's sibling and their counselor. And unfortunately, I'm not a therapist, and nor does my two cents directly correlate to the situation at hand. I just wanted to share that I immediately noticed that the caller referred to her non-binary family member as her sister-in-law, which came off as invalidating of their gender identity, especially as she had just spoken to their coming out experience. Please note that I am a cisgendered queer woman, so I'm not speaking from my personal experience, but rather just trying to reflect what I've taken away from non-binary and gender-fluid individuals. I also obviously have no idea if there had already been a conversation where they had said that using sister-in-law is okay, but caller, if that is not the case, then using sibling-in-law instead would be a straightforward and affirming shift in how you refer to them. Or just ask them how they would like to be referred to, and I'm sure they'd be glad you came to them about it. And Megan and Melissa, I know that y'all were just echoing the terminology that the caller used, but I just wanted to point out that it did come across as misgendering that individual overall, and I wanted to suggest a gender-neutral and more inclusive option. I appreciate y'all including discussions like this on your podcast, and each episode really does push me to be more self-aware and cognizant of the world around me. Thank you. I, I mean, I don't I don't think this is like an off basis thing, but I mean, I'm not trying to like defend us or the caller, but I think that as a cis woman, like I have in lots of different in the gender identity like spectrum. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's impossible that the caller like misgendered their sibling in law, but our MO of this is you usually have a conversation ahead of time and that's something that is like a terminology that is agreed upon and we've had calls where people have said one pronoun for someone they're talking about and then they'll misgender and then they'll correct themselves Mm -hmm. or and we do that too and we edit that out if we misgender someone and we are cognizant of that as like we correct each other when we're talking on this and like that's something that like I don't want to invalidate how that could feel like that in that instance. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm off basis. But I think that like usually when it comes into like gender identity, most of the time people calling in are sharing usually the level of the story that they're comfortable with and that the other person would be comfortable them talking about to strangers. Mm -hmm. And just to piggyback off that, I've seen and know people that are trans and stuff and they and I think one of the most famous examples of this is for example Caitlyn Jenner prefers to still be called dad by her kids and so there are people that like the terms that they that had been already set in place and used and so they still use those original terms yeah no and I think that like maybe moving forward if it's helpful for people in calls to specify if the the terminology that they use with a partner or a friend or something that they're using that feels like gendered terminology in the call is pertaining to being non-binary or uh, gender non-conforming or mm-hmm. just the gender in general if it it maybe that is something that's like helpful for that but we do want to make sure that we're not asking people to reveal too much about themselves that they're not comfortable with and also other people in their lives that they're not Mm -hmm. so comfortable with that. But I also understand how like 
when you hear a call or something that it can be hard to not look at it kind of like big picture as opposed to like a specific instance. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think that like, I very, I completely understand the sentiment. I think we can move forward and hope that have calls that have more clarity so people don't feel like they are being by proxy misgendered in a conversation about gender identity. But I also don't hope that as like a community, we cannot single out specific callers and instances that might be a private conversation between them that they don't necessarily owe us, me, me, Megan and Melissa in our audience. Like they don't necessarily owe us those intimate conversations. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like we used to say, give us your pronouns when people called in, but then, you know, we realized some people don't want to do that. So we started, if you'd like to share the pronouns. Yeah. So I think that like we can talk about broad strokes things. And I think that like this is a great example. I saw a post in the Facebook group of someone being like assuming that the conversation between the caller and their like the person that they're referring to in this that they referred to as their sister-in-law, assuming that conversation was had and that terminology was agreed on by them. But in case anyone didn't know, this is a great terminology to use. So I think if we talk about it in broad strokes versus the individual mm -hmm. and like that aspect of it. I think we should always be correcting people, but it's hard to correct someone when we don't know that they haven't already had the conversation and they don't, yeah. they don't owe us a conversation either. Exactly. I don't want people to feel, especially when they are siblings, allies, friends of, I don't want any of them to feel like they are sacrificing the privacy or just comfortability mm -hmm. of their friends or their family members to kind of share us with more context to I I, I just I don't I, I don't feel comfortable asking people to um, do that because it's it's already a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I will also say sometimes people change things or like move change things around or something or don't want to give a little bit more information we always ask for more context we can give better advice that wouldn't make us give any different like advice but it could potentially help if there was a very specific conversation that could feel identifying to the caller and their sibling that people withhold that stuff because they know other people who listen to the podcast or something like that they don't want it to be identifiable yeah I think the sentiment as a whole is great. And sibling-in-law is a is a very great term. I also heard if on- that's the term um, that they want. <laughs> yeah. And the I saw another one that was, I think it was for, I think it, the original origin was non-binary sibling, but this person, they also used it with their sister's kid because they weren't into any of the gendered terms that come with that because they use they, them pronouns currently and they're on that identity. And so they use the term nibbling. And that mm -hmm. like it was one that they was not initially for created for that relationship, but like worked on an individual basis. So, yeah, I also just don't want us to I think there's a we should all be like inclusive in hearing people's experience and what they want. But I, I don't think we should view and assume everyone on every straight person, every gay person, every bi person, cis person, cis every person everything that non-confirming person. Yeah. That they align with a certain subset of terminology mm -hmm. to them as like 
it feels like then, at least as me, as someone on the outside of that community, that I'm kind of assigning terms to people. And when I want them to tell me the terms that they're comfortable with. Yeah. So I I directed an audio book a few months ago, which is, it's a, essentially like a middle school age-ish book, but one of the main characters is non-binary and they talk about like, and they also go to like this meeting within the book. Um, and it was written by a trans person. And so they just say everybody's the way that they define their relationships is how they define them if they want to even define them. So you can never guess or assume or think that there's one way to do something. Yep. Then we just start creating a binary mm-hmm. for, for that. And that's just what I listening is the best part, but yeah. I could definitely understand how that might have felt triggering or unsafe for people. So I want to apologize for that wholeheartedly, never our intention. I hope this was able to like clear some of that up, but I also want to make sure that nobody feels pressure when you're calling in. We talk about we want as many details as possible and, and that stuff, but like when that comes to the story, but like your gender identity, the terminology that you use and all of that, like that's on you, your own comfort level. Like we don't need that. You don't owe that to us. You don't owe it to the audience. Like, Mm -hmm. so share whatever you're comfortable with and we're good with that. Yep. Okay. Well, that is it for the episode. We hope you all enjoyed. If you want to call us for an upcoming one, or if you have a don't blame them, do it. Give us a call. 310-694-0976. Same thing with the uh, audio message, but send it over to meganpodcast at gmail.com if you're an international listener. And if you are still listening at this point, head on over to our Instagram. Make sure you're following our Instagram and comment on our Instagram. We would love to hear your thoughts on the update on in the comments. So please Head on over there so we can discuss. We can see your reactions because <laughs> it's a wild call. Yeah. And if you have any updates, send us an email. Email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can bypass calling. Send an email. Yeah, you've already been led into the exclusive club. <laughs> I was going to read a review. Oh, go for it. All right. This says what I needed. I have called into this podcast twice and both times the host disagreed with me and told me I was wrong. Which at first is jarring because most people write in hoping to be agreed with and told how right they are. But I never knew how much I needed an outsider to look at a situation and tell me who I really was in the situation. Both of these ladies humanized not only you, but everyone in the situation. They helped me to see from a perspective I never would have. So no, they have never sided with me and told me how much of a smart girl boss I was. But I can get that advice from any of my close friends. Sometimes you need someone to tell you you're being a big jerk in order to be a better person. They are not about making their fan base happy and agreeing with the callers. They are about making you into a better person. And I love that. That's the best review we've ever gotten. And this is from Maddie66. Okay, now I'm going to tell you right now, you're a girl boss. (laughs) Like that was a wonderful girl boss moment. Girl boss supporting girl boss. That Mm -hmm. makes me really happy because like I think you and I both operate from the same PO like point of view from like friendships too. Mm-hmm. Like we'll give the sugarcoating friendship, but like if you I will offer to give you my honest opinion and like that kind of thing. And so like 
it is so nice that, you know, sometimes can get misconstrued online and that, but like, I think it's great to know that like people like who hear these things, like the same way that our friends do, the same Mm -hmm. way that both of us do when we talk to each other, like we're not here to pat you on your back. That doesn't help you grow. No. And I think that like, I personally think like the best people who have my best interest at heart and who I can like take it from are like specifically the women in my life. Like Mm -hmm. when it comes from that like perspective, I think like it's, it's great. And we care. I think that's like the bottom line. Like we really care. And I'm, I'm glad to know that like you felt that. And it makes me happy to know that like our advice resonates. We also don't want like our listeners to make bad decisions. What we used to say, we don't want you to be a dumb bitch. We want you to be a bad bitch. We want you to be a bad bitch. Don't be a dumb bitch. Be Mm -hmm. a bad bitch. And so like when we're, we're not trying, we're not like, this isn't like psychological, like we're not trying to mislead you. Mm -hmm. Like we want you to succeed. We're just trying to help out in the chaotic way that we are. (laughs) So thanks for that review. If you want to leave a review and you're another caller that we didn't necessarily agree with, if that like actually helped you. It's a nice perspective to hear from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Follow Melissa on Instagram. Yes, please. Follow Megan on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Buy her book. Buy her presets. And then follow us both on TikTok. You need to yeah. get on TikTok again. We need, I need to some be more better content. about TikTok. Yes. Yeah. It'll happen. May. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, be gonna be May. May. <laughs> oh, okay. We hope you all enjoyed. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.